0: Foundations.
1: And again, that's not even possible because Psalm 139 says that there is nowhere in all of creation that we can go to get away from God. So how could God forget his own special national people? Hmm.
0: Foundations: Understanding the Jewish foundations of our Christian faith with Robbo Robinson and Mandy Warby. Well, we understand that God is omniscient. He knows everything. But in our last program, we asked the question, if that's the case, how is it that God says, and he promises in his word, that he will forget our sins? There are numerous places in the Bible that say that, and it leaves us with a bit of a question mark. Mandy, how do it we does. How do we it... come to grips with it?
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. This is some of those you go, I don't get that. How, how can he being all-powerful, all-knowing, everywhere or all at once, how could he possibly not know that something has happened or Mm. has happened? I mean, it doesn't make sense. If he's God, he's God. He's got to know everything. And if there's something he doesn't know or he can forget, then that shows a weakness within his character and capabilities and capacities and therefore he couldn't possibly then qualify as being God Mm. by definition. And we read that In Isaiah 43, Hebrews 8, Hebrews 10, Jeremiah 31, and Psalm 103 all say that God promises to not remember the sins of his people at various points. And, I mean, God does not suffer with memory loss or or (laughs) amnesia or selective amnesia. He he doesn't. So what does it actually mean? And we also finished off um, last time just by stating that there is this massive difference between the vocabulary of the English language and that of the Hebrew language. There's well over 100,000 words in the English language, but there's about 4,000 words in the Hebrew language, or 4,000 plus, because those Mm. lists are growing all the time as our culture and language develops. And uh, in the Hebrew language, the words for remember and forget are very, very different. In English, they're primarily describing mental exercise of remembering something or forgetting something, and it's dropping out of the memory bank or coming back to us like an epiphany or something. But in the Hebrew, um, what is the difference or the meanings of the words to remember and forget? They are, in fact, a whole lot broader. The Hebrew word for remember, it's a verb. Okay, A verb is a doing word. Zachar. And it its meaning is very wide it it not only me it is a mental activity but it's more than that it's more than just an act of remembering something it means an action that is being taken or will be taken because of remembering something it can also imply um doing a favor for somebody helping them um or being faithful to a promise or a covenant Mm. so it can mean that as well so by that, let me use some biblical examples. When Noah built the ark, and the rain came, and the flood rose, and they were drifting on the waters, and the Scripture actually says in Genesis eight one that God remembered Noah, mm. and He sent a big wind, and it blew the water away, so they on dry ground. It's not like God just slapped His head one morning yeah. and went, "Holy Ooh. cow, <laughs> Noah! I forgot all about him." Not like that. Yeah. It was that God remembered the promise. He was mm. this promise and therefore he acted on it
0: yeah so it's Wasn't almost like a there's a follow through there's a remembering and then a follow through
1: exactly this it was an action i'm going to act on my promise a promise mm. that he'd already previously made to my dad okay and then there's another example of remember the story of when jacob married leah and rachel and God closed Rachel's womb. And the reason he and Leah's just popping babies out every <laughs> yeah. every twelve months or so yeah. and you kind of think, what's all that about? Because then all of a sudden God says then he remembered Rachel mm. and he opened her womb and she conceived. Again, he didn't just think, oh boy, I <laughs> forgot about that one, better <laughs> do something quick. No, it was he remembered the promise mm. and he acted on her behalf, opened a womb. She conceived and she bore Joseph. Okay, So therefore you've got this promise being enacted. There was an action taken on her behalf. Now when it comes to the word forget, in the Hebrew, I don't like saying this one because it's actually, it's got that sound in the back of it. It's really hard to get my my mouth around. It's shachach. I'm not going to say it again. It sounds so <laughs> horrible. And the other one is nashah, and both of which are very broad in their meaning. And quite often they mean to ignore or neglect. Um, it can also mean to forsake or disregard. So an example of that is in Deuteronomy 4.23, and that's when God warned his people to not forget the covenant that they had made with the Lord by making idols for themselves, which would result in God's judgment. It wasn't saying, oh, you're literally going to have it slip from your memory banks. He was saying, don't ignore it and mm. dismiss it and yeah. and just just go and do whatever you want. Okay, so that was the difference in when he was saying, don't forget. Not, it's n- not a mental exercise. Mm. It was saying, don't forget the actions that you're supposed to have behind this. And God also warned his people that if they didn't stop sinning, he might even forget them and cast them away from him. And again, that's not even possible. Because Psalm 139 says that there is nowhere in all of creation that we can go to get away from God. So how could God forget his own special national people mm. that he had literally set aside and done so much for in bringing them, first establishing them, bringing them out of Egypt? So it's not talking about just forgetting that they even exist. The emphasis in that particular passage It's just like the previous one that it's all about this action Not a mental activity God was warning his people that his action would be to turn from them Not wipe them from his memory And we need to kind of re-understand or redefine the words Remember and forget But with a Hebrew understanding Because that's the context Mm, in which they were written Rather than our English understanding They're action words And they're emphasising God's intention in his actions.
0: Well, I guess when you read a, a psalm like what David wrote in Psalm 13, where he says, How long, O Lord, will you forget me forever? How long will you hide your face from me? You, when you have it in that context, yes. you understand what David's talking about. God hasn't forgotten him. No. But it's, he's, David's asking God for an action. He's wanting God he to is. come close to him.
1: Exactly. It's like, God, how long before you actually do something mm. on my behalf? Yeah. Because he knows that God is seeing it all. He's aware of it all. And then he's saying... He's kind of saying, Mm. like you know, we do sometimes. We see the evil that's going on in the world, and we know God sees it all. And we go, "How can you not do something?" Mm. We wait for that action for Him to to respond, rather than just thinking, "Hello, He's having a memory lapse at the moment." Not at all. So, if you look uh, back to our original question, it's a lot easier to understand that when God says He forgets our sins, He actually knows everything. He hasn't actually forgotten. What he's actually doing is he's saying, I'm not going to take action against you Mm. for the sins that I have right here in my memory banks. I see them all. I've heard them all. I know every one of them, even the ones you thought nobody could see when you're hiding in a little dark place. Mm. I've seen every single one of them. I know them all. I could recite them for you if you needed me to, but I'm not going to act. I'm not going to respond according to what you should get. Mm. And that is the most extreme or supreme example of mercy so then if we come back to the little story that I mentioned yesterday about the little girl who got raped by a babysitter when she was 10 mm. that if she couldn't if she couldn't forget then maybe she couldn't forgive and we're supposed to respond like God but God actually hasn't forgotten but he has forgiven and that then when we then respond in kind and 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 forgive like he has forgiven us, yes. we can then say, I have, I do remember, but I choose to forgive you. And therefore, we are then exemplifying that incredible supreme level of mercy, extending that towards somebody else who doesn't deserve it. Now, that doesn't mean in the case of something like rape or molestation or some kind of abuse that the law then doesn't kick in. Mm. And enforce the law of a punishment. That's we're not talking about that because in those cases that should happen. But that's in the hands of the law. Yeah. But when it comes to us and the kind of retribution we we might want, if we are exemplifying and mimicking our God who has not forgotten our sins but given us mercy instead, in that act of forgiveness, that's what we're, that's what He's talking about. And in with the Spirit of God that indwells us. He gives us that power and capacity to do it. It's not that he wipes our memory. It's that he empowers us to forgive like he's forgiven us. It's really quite
0: amazing. It certainly is, and very deep as well. And I guess it once again comes back to understanding the context and the culture of the language to really get a good handle on it. Well, in the next program, we're going to discover what the real treasure was on Mount Sinai. That's next time on Foundations.